evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name is Dave Everett. My wife, Sherry, will be joining us here in a second. And we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Womack. We'll be in Chapter 15 tonight, uh, which I believe Andrew is entitled My Revelation. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. Just so you know, <coughs> excuse me, all our uh, teachings and Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we just want to say thank you to all of you who have partnered with us with your, your tithes and your offerings. And just so you know, you can do that through our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. Go to the Give page and you can give online. Go to the footer and you can uh, make your checks payable uh, to Lighthouse Discipleship Center and our address is available there on the bottom of the screen. And so, anyway, um, like I said, we're going to be in the Everless Change Again Tonight by Andrew Womack and we'll be in Chapter 15. We're talking about Everless Change and more specifically we're talking about the Parable of the Sower. The Parable of the Sower you can find in uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, and so uh, the three synoptic gospels, and so um, you know, uh, you'll find the parable of the story, the parable of the sower there. And Jesus said regarding the parable of the sower that if you can't understand this parable, you can't understand any parable. In the parable of the sower, uh, we have the seed, God's word, being sown on four different kinds of soil. We and so uh, and all four kinds of soil heard the word of God, but only the good soil understood the word of God. So we're going to pick it up. The, we're going to pick up the Bible study, and again, chapter fifteen tonight, uh, which Andrew has entitled "My Revelation." So we'll see what all that's about here in just a second. And so uh, uh, we're still going through kind of the, not so much in order, but we're going through the different uh, kinds of soil. We kind of dealt already with the, the soil, the, the seed that fell on the on the pavement, and we kind of dealt with uh, the, the the seed that fell on the uh, stony soil. And now we're kind of going towards the, the authority soil. Uh, and so, because the next chapter, chapter 16, is called uh, Choked. Uh, but we're still going to deal with, we're kind of uh, in between uh, uh, types of soil that we're going to be talking about here. So anyway, I don't know if you have anything to share at the beginning. No, just a reminder to all of us. And, you know, whenever Dave and I share anything, it, it's for us too, not just for anyone listening. But, you know... Andrew's heart and effortless change is just to encourage uh, believers in that it's it's not on us. You know, when we became born again believers, it says in Corinthians that we are a new creation in Christ, and yet as we continue our Christian walk, we can get discouraged and wonder why we're not changing and for the better and we kind of uh, just go back into old habits maybe or just struggle with being nice and gracious to someone and you know walking in the fruit of the spirit where Andrew's heart in in teaching us and if you were with us from the beginning we realized that effortless change comes from the inside out letting God and his word work on the inside and change us uh, to the outside instead of us trying really hard to change on the outside and and failing it, it doesn't work that way God's seed God's word gets in us 
And when we believe it, it, it changes our heart. And then that fruit from that seed uh, changes us. And uh, I remember another pastor teacher I was listening to said that change was easy and he about shocked everybody. And it's because in the natural change is hard because we're all trying to do it. But when you're letting God be a part of it, he does all the hard work. And uh, it's just an, an amazing process. But, uh, uh, you know, I encourage you to, to if you're uh, new to this Bible study, go on our, on our website and, you know, start from the beginning so you can hear uh, where Andrew's coming from and the verses in the scripture that Andrew's using to teach out of. That's one thing I appreciate about Andrew. He teaches from the Word of God, but then he explains clearly uh, where he's coming from. All right, awesome. So let's go ahead and jump into the chapter tonight, uh, my revelation that he's titled, entitled, and uh, we'll go from there. The parable of a grain of mustard seed is another parable Jesus told them that day. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and it and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Matthew 13, 31-32. This parable is found in the same chapter, and it was given in the same context, and on the same day that the parable of the sower sowing the seed was given. I remember one of my very first days as a United States soldier over in Vietnam. I was on barracks duty while the rest of the people went through what was called the CS chamber. It was a gas chamber and they were teaching us how to put on our masks. They were using the equivalent of tear gas which doesn't do any lasting damage but sure hurts and stings at the moment. It's a long story but I had a very negative experience with that when I was in basic training. Without overstating it, I nearly died. They asked for a volunteer at breakfast the morning of this scheduled training. One thing you learn very quickly in the Army is never to volunteer for anything. Nine times out of ten, you've made a mistake if you do so. However, I figured that it didn't matter what I was volunteering for. If they sent me out there to fight Viet Cong by myself, it would be better than going through the gas chamber. That's how much I hated it. So I volunteered. It turned out that all they wanted me to do was sit there and guard the barracks while everyone else went through the gas chamber. It worked out great. All right, I don't have a lot of intro uh, comments here in this first section, you know. Uh, he just uh, said in the stage. Was that? He said in the stage. Yeah, I said in the stage. So I don't have a lot to, to, to comment here. We haven't got real deep here. Uh, he has quoted Matthew 13, which I said that. Uh, it was located in all, not all three, so not the gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So anyway, uh, anything you have to say? If not, we'll just keep reading. While I sat there guarding the barracks, I was reading and meditated on these scriptures in Matthew 13. I thought about how the kingdom of heaven is like a little grain of mustard seed, one of the smallest seeds. But when it is sown in the earth, it becomes this huge tree under whose shadow the birds of the air may come and lodge. As I was meditating on this passage, I remember thinking, God, 
That's where I want my life to be. I want you to live through me so big that it affects millions of people. I want to see people's lives changed. While envisioning this, the Lord spoke to me saying, but your root is so small. The very first bird to land on a branch would cause the whole tree to fall over. The first breath of air to blow against it would knock it over. The Lord used this to paint a word picture for me. I was more concerned about all of this growth above ground, which is the way most people are. They want some visible results, something physical, something tangible. They desire to see lives being changed, people healed, and all kinds of other fruit. However, before all of this growth can occur above ground, the vast majority of growth must take place underground in the root system. It's actually the root system that determines how big the plant or tree above ground will be. If you neglect the root system, you might have a plant or tree grow up for a brief period of time, but it'll never produce fruit. It won't live because it'll never be able to withstand varying conditions like heat and drought. The root system is what enables the tree to really produce and be able to withstand hardship. This is what the Lord was speaking to me. I desired all of these great results, but I didn't want to take time to get rooted. He told me that's the big problem with most people. That was about 1970. I decided right then and there that I was going to be one of those in whom the word of God take would take root. You know, uh, our, st our story is similar to, to Angie's and one says, we've been, one of us has been in Vietnam on a war and everything in that regard. But in the, being in ministry, and, and even what we've experienced, I'm sure it's been a, in a small scale of what Andrew has experienced, but we've had a lot of people come to us through the years. And they've heard our testimony, they see our lives in ministry. And, for example, they might see the marvel how I can quote scripture. You can't quote them all, but I, I do very well. Um, and there's some other attributes of our lives and walk that people have admired and whatnot. We're not perfect, but at the same point in time, we've had numbers of people who have asked that, and they want what we have. But most of those same people are not willing to be discipled how we've been discipled. We've been, we've both been to Bible college. We both have spent a lot of time in the Word. I spend hours each day, each week in the Word. You know, and I've done that for years. And I, and, uh, you know, I'm just making a, a, a comparison with a, um, <coughs> a mustard seed and a mustard tree um, and how it has a good root system. And with any tree, with any type of vegetation, especially certain plants and certain trees, the, the root system, I mean, with all, all, all plants, the root system is key for that, that tree, for that plant to not only be stable, but also be properly nourished. And some trees, and what I preparing to say a minute ago, some trees are have a what I consider a better root system than other trees. Some are kind of shallow as far as they don't go deep; they're on the, more on the surface level. Uh, they might be big, but they're they don't go deep. Whereas some trees, I mean, they just go deep and they go they're strong. And so when the winds and different things come, like a palm tree or a bamboo plant or whatever. You know, it, it's going to be a, take a lot to, to uh, knock over that, that palm tree, if at all. And so, 
some people want to be where we are spiritually, and I'm not saying we don't have our problems and we don't have our shortcomings. We do. We have plenty of it. We have enough to go around. But at the same point in time, uh, we are where we are because we've studied. We and we we have developed a root system. We have been hit hard many times from many different angles. Some of our own mistakes. Some of uh, people just attacking us. Sometimes just the trials of life uh, coming at us and. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. And as Lawson Purdue, one of our pastors says, you know, where you have sheep, you're going to have manure. Where, in other words, you're going to have people knocking along. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, uh, you know, and some people who are not rooted in who they are in Christ, not rooted in the scriptures, when the trials of life come, when different, when different tribulation comes, or offense comes to another person in the church or whatnot, you know, you're just easily shipwrecked. And so, because there's no root system. And, you know, one thing that Sherry and I just keep emphasizing is the relationship with God. My, our jobs in doing these Bible studies and doing everything that we do online and whatnot is not to spoon feed you. Our purpose is not to give you a fish dinner. Our purpose is to teach you how to fish for yourself. Our purpose is that you have your own relationship with God. I believe in the corporate assembly. I believe in the pastor and teacher teaching and leading and teaching and discipling the people. The job of the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But if we've done, if we've done our job right and you've done your job right as a disciple, then you will be able to uh, be rooted and grounded in God and in relationship with God for yourself. And that is essential. That's key. But, <coughs> excuse me, I'm talking too much. But it says, you know, this last paragraph, Andrew says, This is what the Lord was speaking to me. I desired all these great results, but I didn't want to take time to get rooted. He told me, that's the big problem for most people. That was about, that was about 1970, and I decided right then and there that I was going to be, I was going to be one of those into whom God, whom whom the Word of God would take root. You know, our heart is the soil. And the Word of God will work for anybody who will allow it to take root. And that takes time. Seed, time, and harvest. Take, the, key, the, the part about seed, time, and harvest most of us don't like is time. Because we don't have any control over that. We have control over seed, or seed time. And we have control over harvest time. But we don't have the the, the, the pregnancy in between the seed time and the harvest is where we don't have control. We can't speed it up. If you try to uh, harvest a seed before it's ready to be harvested, you can abort that seed. And, and so that, that's, not, that's not a good thing. You're going to destroy the process. And so but a lot of people are not willing to be discipled. A disciple is a disciplined learner. The word disciple and discipline in the Greek is almost identical because it's basically the same word. And so, you know, so we want we need to be discipled and God has commissioned us to go make disciples. But a lot of people want the microwave version. A lot of people want the, the quick fix. You know, we have a free, for, for some time now, we've had free Bible classes on our website. Absolutely free. And yet very few people are willing to take them. And and we've had some people start them, 
but they nobody has really finished. Free, you know, if some people want to go to Bible college, but they can't afford it, and yet we offer free Bible classes, and most people don't take us on the offer. And so, um, it just uh, people all the time want me to do Bible studies, and I'm not against that. I think that's healthy. I think that's good, but. We have very few people who are willing to actually be discipled and, and take Bible classes and different things. And that's just one aspect, but it's just as God was telling Andrew that very few people want to have a root system, we found that to be true ourselves. And I'm not saying it's easy. It, it takes discipline. You know, any athlete, anybody who excels in their career, it's never been easy. You know, there's a lot of trades I could never do because I've never been disciplined to learn that trade. But I have been disciplined to learn the Bible. And I have learned uh, the scriptures. And I have disciplined myself. And it's over a period of time, it's over a period of decades that I, I, learn, I know what I know. And so, anyway. And you know, using Dave or Andrew as an example, they're only where they are today because of being in God's Word and being disciples of His Word themselves. And yet, people are amazed at the results they get and but it it's so clear in God's word that when we abide in him we see amazing results you know in, in Psalm 1 uh, it, it talks about blessed is the man who not only not doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits at the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he shall he does shall prosper. You know, this is Old Testament, and it's talking about a blessed man delighting in the law of the Lord. And yet, if, if you continue... Uh, having a study just on that tree with its roots, like Andrew's talking about uh, strengthening your roots, even in Jeremiah 17, which Dave and I talk about a lot, uh, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf shall be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. You know, Dave's right. We are a generation or multi-generation where we want quick fixes. We like the results. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to walk in, in prosperity and blessing and health and all the good stuff the Lord has? But unless we trust in Him, unless we are in his word so that we what we know that we know what God says how are we to flourish and have deep roots in the water if, if we're not in his word and even in John 15 this is Jesus himself speaking I'm the vine you are the branches he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing without Jesus without the word of God in us we cannot do anything. Jesus himself said he only did what he saw the Father do. He only spoke what the Father spoke to him. 
uh, even the Holy Spirit only says what the what the Father what Father God uh, says to him. And when we are in God's Word for ourselves, gleaning and learning and soaking it in and trusting Him for what He says above anything else, we will bear much fruit. It says, but to bear much fruit, if, if you know anything about gardening, you need to have a root system. You can't have fruit unless you have a good root system. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Let's keep reading here. Our seed power. Once I made this decision to attend to my root system, I actually quit worrying about the visible results to a large degree. Instead, I focused on taking the Word of God and keeping it in my heart. I knew that if I kept God's Word dwelling on the inside of me, instead of just allowing it to come in and out, that it would literally begin to put down roots through every part of my being, and the word, the power of the word would start permeating me. This has been my focus since 1970. I have taken the word, meditated on it, gleaned truths from it, and applied my life toward these truths. Every good thing God has done in my life has come as fruit of his word. This includes the revelation he's shown me, the call to ministry he's given, the people I've seen raised from the dead, the blind eyes and deaf ears I've seen opened, and all kinds of other miracles, as well as the way God has abundantly met my needs. All the good in my life has come as the seed of God's word has taken root in my heart and produced fruit. Once that seed has taken root, it just produces. What an awesome truth. I don't know about you, but this still gets me excited. I have some huge boulders on my property. There's one I like to walk out to and sit on sometimes that's over 100 feet tall. By that, I mean that it's more than 100 feet above the ground. At the very top of this massive boulder, there's a little crack and a place where the wind has blown some leaves and debris in. Over time, it's made a little bit of soil. Somehow, a seed got up there on top of this 100 foot plus boulder took root and a tree is now growing out of that crack. Of course, the tree has outgrown that little bit of dirt that's on the top of this boulder, so it is sending roots down further and splitting this huge boulder. There are several other boulders on my property that have literally been split in two by a tiny little seed taking root and growing up. The power that's in a seed is amazing. A tiny little seed from God's word can destroy any sickness, any disease, emotional is issue, or financial problem if we would just take the Word of God, keep it in our heart, and let it dominate us. It's that powerful. You know, don't underestimate the power of a, of the, of a seed. In other words, another way of putting it, don't underestimate the power of God's Word. The Word of God, the Kingdom of God, is in seed form. And sometimes we think it's just a seed. But like Andrew illustrated, a seed was able to split big boulders in two. When as it grew and as it matured, those roots are powerful. And, uh, you know, it's not just getting the Word of God on surface level. It's not just being, a, you know, it's not just flipping through Facebook and listening to five minutes of a message 
and liking it and saying amen to it. We're doing it. No, it's getting to God's word. It's hearing God's word. It's devouring God's word. It's getting a root system. If all you're doing is is listen to a few messages or parts of messages and saying amen to a few things, asking for prayer or praying for other people, all that's good stuff to a certain degree. But if you want to grow and mature, you need to have a root system. And that root system needs to be God's word. And you need to get in God's word for yourself. And you need to take the words and the teachings we're saying and uh, perhaps other people or pastors in your life are teaching you. And you need to get the word of God in your heart for yourself. I can teach you the word. I can't grow it for you. Why? Because <coughs> you are in charge of your, the soil of your heart. I can help try to create the atmosphere. But you have to water that seed by the word. You have to let that seed of God's word take root in your heart. Just saying amen to something but without believing it, without meditating on it, without uh, taking root to that word, it's only going to go so deep. It's only going to accomplish so much. But I don't know about you, but I want to be the seed that produces 30, 60, 100 fold. I want a root system that will, will, will be there no matter what goes on in our world, or no matter what goes on in our country, no matter what goes on in society, no matter what comes against me, I have a root system in my relationship with God. And so we, we have to have a root system, but don't underestimate the power of a seed. This God has designed, he commanded every seed to produce after its own kind in Genesis 1-11. And the word of God is powerful. And every seed represents the kingdom of God. It represents how the kingdom of God works. Seed, time, and harvest. It's that simple. I think he says here at the end, a tiny little seed of God's word can destroy any sickness, any disease, emotional issue, or financial problem. If we would just take the word of God, keep it in our heart, and let it dominate us, it's that powerful. <coughs> Excuse me. We get a lot of people especially from other countries, requesting for money, for support, for help. God is your helper, not us, okay? Uh, unless God tells us otherwise, more likely you're not going to see monetary support coming from us, one we don't even know happening, okay? That may come down the road, down the line someday, but it's not going to be the first conversation we have. It's not going to be about us supporting you and with money. But the Word of God, God see, can can overcome your financial problems. I don't care what country you're from or what the, the situation is like. God is your source. And God can the, word, the seed of God's work can overcome any emotional issue, any sickness, any financial problem, any, any uh, uh, difficulty whatsoever. We have to believe God's word. We have to believe the seed of God's word and let it take a root system in our hearts. We have to have the revelation of God for ourselves and believe it and receive it and the word of God will can change our lives it can change our situation uh, no matter what we're going through no matter what the situation is going on we need to trust God more than we trust the situation some, some of us the situation the circumstances what's going on in our world and our government has taken more root in our heart than the word of God and that's backwards we need to trust God's word more than we trust the circumstances okay and so you might say, yeah, that, 
Dave, that's true, but you don't understand our country. You don't understand my situation. You don't understand our village. You don't understand. I don't need to understand any of that. I understand God's word. And God's word will work in any culture, any country, any family, any generation. Okay, it will work for everybody, everywhere, every time. Okay? I trust God. I don't trust your country, my country, anything else. I trust God. And so, anyway, I don't know if you have something to pick it back on, sure. You know, we're talking about how powerful the seed is, the seed being the Word of God. And uh, Dave uh, had a verse this morning in his message. I don't have my notes, so I'm trying to find it offhand. Um, the Word of God is powerful. Where is that verse? Hebrews? Oh, Hebrews uh, 4.12, I think. I was thinking it was in Hebrews 11, but uh, in, in Hebrews 4, uh, verse 12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. But I just love that. For the word of God is living and powerful. And, you know, even in John 1, it talks about how the Word became flesh. Um, in another uh, verse, and I don't have the reference off the top of my head, but it talks about the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of us. God's Word is living on the inside of us. And if we let that seed, His Word, take root... Uh, that power is going to be released and we will raise the dead and heal the sick and cast out demons and do everything that God has commanded us to do and all that he has for us is going to uh, just be fruitful in our lives. Awesome. I mean, wait, I just, you know, there's so many scriptures, so many parables where Jesus uses seed time and harvest to describe the kingdom of God, how the kingdom works, how the things work, and especially the parable of the sower. Jesus said the parable of the sower is a parable of all parables. If you understand, if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any other parables. And God has made something so simple, and it's so complex, and it's as simple as seed time and harvest. God's word is a seed, and we need to. Uh, govern which seed is going to take root in our hearts. Because some people, we can take this on the flip side, we're talking about God's word taking root in our hearts. But other people have taken what the doctor said, take root in their hearts. People have, uh, several people have said things to you through maybe your childhood or through the years or even recently. And those thoughts, those words took root in our hearts. Um, people, you know, maybe the financial situation. Some people, uh, we get a lot of people listening to us from different countries where you know, they live in a poor situation, and, and they're just like, we need, you know, even if I gave them money today, they're not going to need more money tomorrow. But they're, they're so, that, what the system that's taking, the, the root system that's taking place in their heart is that we're poor, and you're rich, and I need your help, and, you know, God's your source. God's your source. Believe God. Believe His Word. Okay? God and whatever your situation is, trust God, and let that take root. Uh, not, not, not all the 
other other excuses and, and circumstances. Let God's word take root in your heart. Okay, I want to. I'm not saying this to push you off. I'm saying I'm saying all this to lead you to God. I'm supposed to lead you to Jesus, not to not a pat answer. And so I don't remember my comment on that. I see you stirring. I was just reminded of one of our favorite Bible teachers, Dwayne Sheriff, um, amazing man of God. And yet part of his testimony uh, that he spoke of in his uh, Bible class, that one of the Bible classes that Dave was talking about, is called Mind Renewal. But he was sharing that he grew up so negative. His family spoke negative. He thought negative. It was... Uh, Lack mentality, negative thinking, that was part of his growing up. So when he grew up, he had a negative, uh, he just had negative thinking, especially about himself. And his wife, uh, bless her heart, she knew God's word and she knew the, the truth. And she spoke into his life and he let her help him plant the seed of God's word in his heart. And that uprooted the negative thinking and the lack mentality. And he began to see God's truth, God's word sprout and live out in his life. And that's just one example of letting God's word take root in your life. And yet now he is one of the Bible teachers, pastors uh, in our life that I allow to speak into my life with his teaching because He's an example of someone taking the truth of God's word and having that word planted in his heart and letting it take root so that he can share that fruit with uh, others and, and help them. All right. I mean, this is just good stuff, uh, especially when we talk about seed time and harvest and how it relates to, uh, uh, you know, root systems. I'm just big on people being established and God's word for themselves. And so, let's continue our study here. Uh, meditate, germinate, and release. But you must protect that seed. You have to let the word take root in you. You can't go off on somebody else's revelation. You can't just go out there and tell people, Andrew Womack says, that's not going to convince anybody. You need to take what I'm saying, meditate on it, and let the Lord bear witness to it in your heart. Once that revelation is yours, then you can go out and say, God told me this truth. The Bible says in Mark 16, and then tell people directly what God spoke to you. It's not enough to know what I believe the Word of God says. It has to become a personal revelation to you. This is profound, yet it's amazing how many people don't really have the Word of God rooted on the inside of them. When the Lord first spoke this to me and it became a revelation God convicted me that I was living off somebody else's revelation I remember saying to myself that will never happen again in the name of Jesus it's going to be my revelation I may have heard somebody else say it but I'm going to go to God and meditate on that word until it germinates and releases its life in me it's going to be what God spoke to me there are thousands of things I gleaned from the word Perhaps I heard somebody else plant that seed, but it came my revelation as it took root on the inside of me. Okay, you know, and just, there's a lot of there's just a lot of good stuff here. You know, this one part part of my example. Um, 
back in 2009-ish when I was introduced to the author, Andrew Womack. And, uh, you know, during that season of my life, um, I was studying Andrew's books. I, the first two books that I got from Andrew was Believer's Authority and also uh, A Better Way to Pray. Those were two of the books that I got from him first off. And then I also was introduced to Joseph Prince at the same time. I got, I think it was Destined to Reign or uh, I'm Married to Favor, I think might have been the, the book. Anyway, and at the beginning, I, you know, um, both of these men, as they were preaching the gospel in their books, uh, began to open my eyes to basically the gospel for the first time. What I thought I had heard as the gospel, and, I, and that's no disrespect to anyone who taught me well, they taught me well, but... And my thinker and my belief system, I just uh, had a, I believe, a misconstrued concept of the gospel. And I was trying to live for God, and I was trying to become righteous by my own uh, lifestyle versus allow, knowing that I to receive his righteousness and receive his grace. And I was trying to earn it by keeping my law-keeping ability instead of receiving it as a gift. And there was a lot, there was a lot of religion in me. Anyway, when I began to get a revelation of righteousness and of grace and whatnot, it, it began to revolutionize my life. And as I would get to conversations with different people, I would begin to quote, but Andrew said this, or Joseph Prince said that. And it might have been true, what they said might have been powerful and true, but <coughs> quoting a man is not going to, even a good man like Andrew Womack or Joseph Prince, um, you know, in some circles might hold some weight, but most people, it's not going to hold any weight. But knowing the Word of God and being grounded in the Word of God for myself, I would. And so I actually, even though I, they got me on the right path, Andrew Womack and Joseph Prince, I actually put their books on the shelf for a while, and I got into the Word of God myself. And one of the questions I asked myself, what do I believe and why, why do I believe it? And I began to study, and I was studying for sometimes... 12, 16 hours a day for several months and maybe not every day that way but there was a big there was several days uh, off and on that I began to just study study and study the word of God and I got a revelation of righteousness and then I go back and start talking to people in different conversations and churches that we were a part of and whatnot and I began to notice that I wasn't quoting Andrew so much I was quoting the Word of God, and the Word of God had taken root. I, had, I was just being discipled in God's Word. And then we also both went to Karis Bible College, which is Andrew's Bible school. Uh, and so, and during that season, we were, go, we were going to school four days a week, four hours a day, 16 hours a week. That's sometimes more, more teaching than some of us get in a year, or, or even half a year. But... We were just just being grounded in God's word, and and then we even began ministry, and uh, even as we're ministering, we're giving God's word so we can teach it. We're giving God's word as, as we're teaching it, and uh, you know it just has never dried up. It just has been an ever lasting well, and so you know we weren't just uh, feeding off. Well, Andrew said this, or tell himself said this. No, we were. And it became a revelation that we could say, you know what? The Word of God says this here. The Word of God says this here. And, and so we, there was a root system. That's what I'm trying to describe. And the title of the section is Meditate 
germinate and release. And we not begin to study the Word of God, we begin to meditate on God's Word. The word meditate means to, it means kind of like, a, uh, the best way I know to describe it is kind of like a, a cow chewing its cud. It means to mow over, okay? And so uh, we begin to meditate. We begin to mutter, it also means to mutter. And we begin to just meditate on God's Word day and night. You know, some of us, most of us, we hear things in the news on Facebook. We meditate on it all day. We worry about it. We hear the doctor's report, or we, we see the bills coming in and the, the lack of finances coming in. Or we need food on the table, or whatever the case may be. And we, we begin to meditate day and night about our needs, financial needs, and whatnot. So when we have a disagreement or a conflict with somebody, we meditate on that conflict day and night. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we meditate all the time, but if we meditate on God's Word, His promises, His truth, uh, and, and, and different things about God's Word, that that's powerful. That's like that seed taking root. That's, that's, um, and we begin to water it with the Word. See, when we be, I began to get a revelation of righteousness and grace because I took a season of time where I just began to study God's Word, that seed was getting deep in my heart. And then when we went to Bible college, that Bible college just watered that seed. And, and through ministry and have continued teaching and studying God's word, it has just continued to water that seed. And so, in other words, that seed, not only did we meditate on it, but we, it began to germinate. And it began to release in, in, in different areas of our lives. You know, this, everything we're trying to say is that God's word has changed our lives, our ministry, our marriage, our finances, every area of our life has been affected by studying and getting rooted in God's Word for ourselves. And I, even though I was getting rooted, Sherry had to have her own journey with this. Uh, in, in many ways, we share the journey, but we are also two indiv individual people. Yeah, and, uh, and so she, I couldn't just have it for her. Your parents, our pastors just can't have it for you. You have to have this for yourselves. And I can't just, I can teach us. We teach us, we teach three times a week online. But I can't teach. I can teach it to you, but I can't live it for you. You have to take root. You have to allow God's word to take root for yourself. And even though she's married to me, she's got to take root for herself. I can't. I, you know, I can spoon feed it to her to a certain degree, but she's going to have to swallow it. You know, or she's going to have to digest it. I can't understand it for her. I can't understand it for you. I can teach it to you. And hoping to make it understandable. But the Holy Spirit is going to have to help you. And you're going to have to be willing and get the revelation for yourself. It's going to have to be your revelation when it's all said and done. Okay? And you know, that's not saying that pastors and teachers and ministers, you know, the five-fold ministry, uh, those are God's gift to believers to help teach to help share revelation like Andrew I mean obviously we we're reading his book about his uh, revelation on, on um, the, this the word of God being the seed you know effortless change but we can't like Dave said we can't live off of someone else's revelation can we glean from it yes they are there for us the body of Christ, fellow believers, the family of God, 
we are all here for one another. It, you don't have to be in the fivefold ministry to speak into an, uh, someone else's life. There are other people who aren't pastors and teachers who speak into my life and I glean from them because God spoke to them on something and they received a revelation and they turned around and were able to share it with other people. And it, it, it's the same thing with, with pastors and teachers, ones like Andrew, as they minister and share a revelation. They're doing it to help and benefit us. But like Dave said, we can't hold on to their short shirt sleeve, their revelation, and because all we're doing is trusting them in their revelation. We can say, man, that's a powerful revelation. That I wow, I you know I received that. But if we don't take it into our heart and believe it thoroughly for ourselves, it doesn't do uh, the, the good that it, it, it should do in us. And, you know, I'm, I'm uh, again, when we point fingers, we're pointing fingers at ourselves. We, Dave and I use ourselves as examples all the time. I've shared many times how I, growing up, I relied on my dad's faith. Uh, when I got married, I relied on my husband's faith before I got my own revelation that I needed my own relationship with God. And the exciting thing about that w was that was the most exciting thing in my life to have my own re relationship with God. And yet I thank God all the time for growing up with my dad, for my godly husband. I go to Dave all the time with questions. I had a question this morning about something that I didn't get in his message this morning. And, you know, he's, he's able to walk me through or, or explain things or add on to things so that my personal growth can, uh, in, in a sense, continue. Uh, but I need myself to to meditate, you know, Dave explained what meditation means and um, Dwayne Sheriff in the class I was telling you about earlier about mind renewal, Dwayne Sheriff also explained what meditation means and he, he echoed what Dave said, but he also added one more thing. He says meditation also means to think on what you're thinking about. And it's like that cow chewing its cud and ruminating and meditating on on it and you know spiritually speaking we're chewing our spiritual cud as we take god's word and we think you know what does this mean how can i apply it you know that uh, how how does this verse speak to me what is god saying here i mean it mean i mean just every one of the the healing testimonies that we've heard through andrew's ministry are people who take god's word take the revelation of God for themselves, and that is the only thing they meditate on, the only thing that they're laser focused on, the only thing that they, they put the, their spiritual blinders on and only focus on God's word. And that's how they got healing that stayed. You know, sometimes it's discouraging to feel like you were healed, maybe Andrew or someone prayed for you, and then the symptoms uh, attack, attack and, and come back and you're like, well, what the heck? I thought I was healed. Didn't so-and-so pray for me? But you're letting the, the symptoms and their lies 
take root instead of no god's word says this uh, no i'm watering god's word god's word says this god's word says this god's word says this so that you only have god's word here uh in your focus and you know revelation is a powerful thing when it's god's revelation it it can work the opposite when it's a revelation the other way like dave said when you're Listen to the news and then all you're thinking about and stewing about and worrying about is the news. Um, we know someone who we dearly love who when uh, COVID, was, because of COVID, things were being locked down in the United States. They only dwelt on what the news said and they got in, in fear and they, all they, they, they couldn't stop listening to the news and instead of letting God's word speak to them and encourage them and, and bring them joy, they only thought on and worried about and stressed about something that only gave them fear. And, you know, that, that's two different kinds of revelation, so to speak. One is uh, causing death, even if it's thought process death, versus being in God's word, which brings you life and life more abundant and peace and joy and truth and uh, it's awesome 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 well we are just about out of time I know we're just a few minutes early but we actually just finished chapter 15 so this is a good stopping point before we get into another topic uh, chapter 16 so we'll pick up the chapter 16 next week which we're going to be talking about choked so we'll be talking about the third soil uh, and before we get into the, the good soil, and so which we all want to be. And so anyway, uh, that's our lesson. I know Sherry has another thought here. You know, the, I don't have uh, the, the scripture for you, maybe Dave does, but there's a church that, that got commended for them taking the truth that they heard from a minister and them going to God's word themselves, I believe it was the Berean church, mm -hmm. and they studied to make sure that this was so, what they had been taught. And, you know, that that's that's pretty powerful. They they received the God's word spoken to him them by the minister, but then they went to God's word to make sure it was from God and it was it was so. And that's what we as believers, we, we need to listen to godly ministers. Yes, by all means, that's what God has them there for. But we also need to study God's word for ourselves, uh, so that that root can that seed can take root, and uh, so we can turn around and share that uh, that with other people. You know, the, the verse that Sherry's now referring to is in Acts. Uh, I want to say Acts seventeen. You know, talk about how they, uh, uh, with a spirit of readiness, they search the scriptures for themselves. And when I teach that, you know, some people, uh, there's a difference between searching the scriptures for yourself and being critical. And the, the Berean church, yes, they searched the scriptures for themselves, but they did so with a spirit of readiness. In other words, I, I mean, there's, there's critical criticism, there's a place sometimes for uh, critical criticism or constructive criticism but one thing I like about the verbiage that Luke used in the book of Acts regarding the Berean church is that they did it with a spirit of readiness you know when we're hearing another pastor or preacher or teach 
unless we know for sure they are just out of left field. And there are a few pastors I don't, I will not listen to because I've heard enough and I don't like anything that they teach. But there are, but I, I think we need to listen to most pastors and teachers with a spirit of readiness. And uh, there's a, that's a that's a that's a different attitude than a, than a critical spirit. The book the book of Proverbs deals with a critical spirit. Uh, quite, quite. Uh, uh, hey, uh, Solomon in the Book of Proverbs cuts to the chase with a, a critical spirit. But we need to have a spirit of readiness, searching the scriptures for yourself, ourselves. And in other words, don't just take Andrew's word for it. Don't just take my word for it. Search the scriptures for yourself. Have a relationship with God. We can point you in the right direction. We can, uh, and once this, hold your hand for a season. But the whole thing is to push the eagle out of the nest so you can fly, so you can soar, so you can have a revelation for yourself, so you can stand on your own two feet, standing in God, standing in who you are in Christ, and so that you can be a person who is so rooted in God, you can begin to bloom. And you begin, begin to bloom where God has planted you, where God has placed you. But you can't bloom, or you're going to bloom... Uh, you're not going to bloom faithfully and consistently over time if you are not rooted and grounded into God's word for yourself. And we can't do that for you. Again, I use the illustration. I'm not here to give you a fish dinner. I'm here to teach you how to fish for yourself. And part of that is, that's part of our exhortation with this, this teaching, is that you have a relationship, you're rooted in God for yourself. There's a time, you know, even as a pastor though, you know, I'm teaching all the time. We're teaching all the time. But every once, in a, every every week, and throughout almost every day, I'm putting on another teaching from Andrew or Austin Purdue or Dwayne Sherrill. I mean, we keep growing another ministers because we are we need to get fed too. Everything we're teaching you, we have to do ourselves. And there's times that we even go on vacation to go. For example, we go every year to Pastor Lawson's church, and we just go sit under some good teaching for a week. <coughs> There's a time to feed others, but there's a time to be fed ourselves. And so uh, and so we do that as well. So that is powerful. That's something we need to do. There's no bishop. There's no evangelist. There's no pastor. There's no, five, there's no minister who is not a disciple, who doesn't still need to be taught and be discipled and be rooted and grounded in God's Word so we can learn. See, in Camarillo, where we live, Camarillo, California, where we live, and uh, there's a lot of farms nearby, and it's neat to watch that they'll have a crop, but then they have to plow that, and they harvest it, they plow it up, and, they, and then they, they prepare it for a new crop, and sometimes it's a different crop, maybe it was strawberries last last time, but now it's uh, corn this time, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they they change it, it doesn't, it, they don't just plant it once and it's done, no, they have to create a root system for each crop and there's different crops uh, year round and so uh, you just need to see the turnover I mean and it can be barren and then it's uh, it's green with uh, and then it's it's chopped down and barren again and then they, they reseed it and sometimes they have to redo the irrigation system or whatever the case may be and then they grow it again and so it's uh, just nice seeing the turnover uh, you know from from nothing to a whole crop to nothing and <coughs> <coughs> they're having a, a tremendous harvest, but there's a cycle that they go through, seed, time, and harvest.
you know, I, I can keep teaching, but I just feel a desire to bless the farmers out there because, you know, they, they do this, like what Dave was explaining, to uh, have crops so that they can get that to all of us to eat, and, that, and that's a big deal. That's, that's a picture of what God does with his word on the inside of us. And, um, yeah, farmers, farmers toil and they work hard uh, to, to do that. And it's pretty neat living in a, a community with an agricultural uh, background in it. Uh, even the family that founded Camarillo, it's pretty amazing if you read their history. They grew pretty much almost anything and everything. I mean, their list of their crops that they had, this Camarillo family is just incredibly amazing. And yet, even today, you know, their, their house is a historical landmark, yet when you drive on the outskirts and around Camarillo, you're seeing strawberries and melons and bell peppers and soybeans and corn and uh, artichokes and avocados. I mean, the list just goes on and that's just in the natural. God's word, God's seed in us produces so much more and um, it, it's pretty amazing. Well, awesome. Well, now we're officially out of time. So uh, anyway, uh, we will be back Wednesday night. We're here at Pacific Standard Time. So 7 p.m. Pacific Wednesday night. Let me start over. We'll be back again Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We'll be talking about the Believer's Authority. And again, we're at Pacific Standard Time. And then Sunday morning, I'm still teaching my series on the four prayers of Paul. Paul prayed more than four prayers with the four specific prayers that I'm focusing on that Paul prayed in Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. And so uh, we're dealing with those four prayers of Paul. And uh, uh, we'll be uh, with, uh, taking two weeks in Ephesians chapter 1. And this week, uh, I've been taking three weeks in Ephesians chapter 3. And then we're going to go to Colossians and, and Philippians. So anyway... God bless you guys. Have a great and prosperous week. And we will see you on Wednesday night. God bless.